myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hello and welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio. This week, my guest is Brooklyn Boykins, host of the Sit Back and Chat podcast. Brooklyn is a 16-year-old high school student who started this podcast as a way to talk to other teens. It's really creative. Like I never thought of using podcasting as a way to talk about teenage issues and also advice line. It's really creative, and I was really interested in what she did as far as a podcast and how life has changed since I've been in high school. So in this episode, I talk with Brooklyn about being a high school student in the modern era. Then we get into her fear, which I think is super relatable, of not letting other people drive her. It's a really fun episode. Let's get into that episode right now with Brooklyn Boykins. All right, we're here with fellow podcaster Brooklyn D, host of the Sit Back and Chat podcast. Brooklyn, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I woke up early. I was been refreshed. It's a little bit of a morning here in Texas. You're in the east coast i'll know exactly where i'm in the midwest i'm in illinois illinois so it, yeah it's really cold up there yeah so brooklyn you are a 16 year old high school student who put out a podcast called sit back and chat where you kind of just discuss you know regular team you know i guess issues of people your age this in this day and age as a podcast, and it's kind of an advice line, a little bit about you, almost a diary slash, hey, you know, I've, I'm sure you've been there too. What inspired you to get on the podcasting medium at this age? I guess I was inspired by other podcasts and just listening to them. And I just wanted to put my voice out there some type of way. I didn't know on what platform exactly, whether that was YouTube, podcasting. Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And, you know, I just did some more research, joined some Facebook groups, got the equipment ready, did some planning for episodes, and the rest is history. It's awesome. How many episodes are you into now? It's eight episodes, about to be nine on Tuesday. Well, that's that's awesome. Again, I can't imagine because I'm in my 40s. I don't even know what high school is like nowadays for kids because it's like I couldn't imagine just having devices it was tempting enough to just write things on pieces of paper and hand them to another student when I was growing up. I can't even imagine now if you have something just dinging on your desk, the temptation. What is it like to go to school with a cell phone? I would say things get spread around very quickly, whether that's, you know, drama. I mean, something can happen in first period and everyone will know before first period ends. I mean, everything's so quick and everything is so instant. So a lot of stuff, a lot of information just gets spread very quickly. And I feel like everyone's always in your business. So do do you guys fact check the teacher? Like as soon as the teacher is telling you something, do y'all just all jump on your phones and just Google it to make <laughs> sure that that is factual? Yeah, most of the time not. I would say only if someone thinks that the teacher's wrong, then they would do that. But that's not usually a thing. I'd always just be afraid of that. Even if I had <laughs> kids, I'd be like, you don't need to Google. Uh, you can Google I said so. How about that? That's what you can Google. <laughs> so you're in competitive dance. You've done a, a lot of different things growing up. You've been participating in sports. Is your family like sports centric? No, I'm honestly the only sporty person out of everyone. I mean, we've all done sports, but it's not a huge thing in this house or anything like that. I just kind of dipped my toes into each and everything I could. So now you're a gymnast and competitive dance, which 
I would say it would probably be from listening to a couple episodes of your podcast kind of fits you because you seem like you're a creative. I like to do something physical, but I want it to be something I can kind of control. It's not something that I have to, I, I have free range to create and do something on my own rather than com- conform to being just a part of a team. Or- yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of elements to sports like that, you know. In other sports, it's kind of, you know, a routine and you know what to expect each time. But with gymnastics and dance, you can kind of create whatever you want and just put it out there. So you've got a gymnastics meet coming up. Good. Best of luck. I hope you do well. (laughs) Thank you. So sit back and chat. When you say you want to put your voice out there, what were your, I guess, what were your topics that you really wanted to really pursue there's so much here on podcasting really like you say when you join a facebook group and you're like what what do i want to do you can almost Mm -hmm. begin to second guess everybody has an idea and it's 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 so weird to try to think of something when it's so broad of a topic um i would say you know i just wanted to talk about things that the everyday teenager was going through and things I've gone through personally and just kind of add that into a realm of its own. So whether that's social media, school life, um, the future, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, struggles that teenagers have because there's a lot of uncertainty as well. Definitely, especially with the, uh, I guess, pandemic going on. How has school changed, I guess, for you pandemic wise? Have you just school from home this entire time? Yeah, as soon as it started, um, I've been at school at home ever since. I mean, they have hybrid where you can go in for like four days a month, but I didn't decide to do that due to the scheduling, but that is an option. It's pretty much the same as online because you still bring your laptop. So I guess it's just to get kids around other kids. That's got to be hard for some kids because some kids just want to be social and it's got to feel weird just being cooped up with your parents, especially if your parents aren't helpful in the school realm and you're asking them for help. <laughs> sometimes you just feel yeah. like you. it's got to feel hopeless at sometimes, too, because if you can't get hold of the teacher trying to do something by the next day and you can't get the help you need, you've got to be stress, major stressing because it's like, I don't know what to do. How do you handle like social, you know, missing your friends and all that during this time? I would say that I still see my friends. I mean, outside of school on the weekends and, you know, everyone that I had in my life before the pandemic is pretty much still in my life now. I mean, obviously we don't see each other often or as much as we used to, but, you know, walks here and there and just going around town and making it feel normal in a way. As a kid, I just was like, I can't imagine just like all of a sudden, like, oh, you're just home with parents all the time now. And which, you know, can create yeah. a you can have more of a social circle with your family, which is nice. You see more of your family and you kind of get a stronger bond in certain things. You'll have better communication. But it's still hard just every day because at some point, I'm sure there's a little bit of frustration just over certain things or just <laughs> just it's just the things of being together. Every so often, it's like, okay, I'm here. Okay, this is day seven of the same breakfast. Exactly. My favorite part of your first episode is like, oh, this is like almost a, a how-to for me as a podcaster because I, <laughs> I, my podcast is about fears and like you just, your first episode, you rattled off about four right in a row. And I was like, oh, I have baby to choose from. <laughs> and you had one that I really relate to that I almost was like, I, I question it sometimes. Is it kind of a fear? Or is it a compulsion? But go ahead and tell people what that fear is. So I do have a fear of other people driving. Um, Me in particular. I don't like being in the car if someone else is driving. That's not me. And I can't even tell you where that stems from. I mean, I don't know if it was an experience. I don't know if it's just my controlling tendencies. I don't know. But... I hate it. It's not for me. I will freak out. And it's just better if I drive myself. See, I'm the same way. And I I was curious because I'm like, you haven't been driving long. You're seven, 16 or 17. So it's not like you've had a vast amount of experience. But there is a control thing with me. Like it, it, when I do comedy and stuff, we go on the road. 
I really lean to, you know, I can drive, you know, I can drive a Saul. I'd rather drive. And when I was your age, like even my friends in high school, we got our first cars. We all, we all drove ourselves because it's like, I just got this. I don't want to trust this to somebody else. Like it, it gets even worse if I'm not driving my car. Like if, could you imagine mm-hmm. someone driving your car while you're sitting in the passenger seat? That's terrifying. Yeah, I like, hate it. You're going to wreck my car and now I'm going to have to pay for this. Is all I can think about was some, or if they want to borrow your car. No, hard no. You have your own, you did not work like I did to get this car. And so I totally relate to that. And I was just like, man, that's fascinating because I thought about it too. I was like, I didn't like people driving me at that age either. I was like, I'll drive. Like even my mom, I'm like, no, it's amazing. Like when you finally get the ability to drive yourself, how much that then takes over that you will want to drive yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause you never thought about it yeah. before you drove. Like that was, it wasn't an option, but it was never like, you never thought, well, I'm never not going to drive myself or I'll, I won't be okay as much of other people driving. But then you get your license and you're like, no, no, you're not driving. <laughs> Plus as a teenager, I feel like that's, that's a kind of a responsible thing too, because it's not kids driving the first time. That's a problem. It's when you get just comfortable enough that you think you can look at your cell phone or you can, you know, you can talk to your friend and still have one eye on the road. It's it's that just getting acclimated enough is when I would say accidents can happen. So do you feel that when you get in the car with your friends, they're distracted or I'm a distraction because I'm here and we're talking about competitive dance or my podcast? And all of a sudden, she's not watching the road. Do you find yourself watching the road for them? I would say for more for different friends more than others. I mean, I know some of my friends are not as good at driving than the other ones, but I would say I watch them all. I mean, the distractions, yes, that makes me watch even more. But even without distractions, I'm still like very tense and scared and not really sure if this is something that I want to be in the car for. And I don't know. I usually don't drive with my friends. Like in all honesty, I really don't because I don't trust them. And I just, I hate not being behind the wheel if we're going somewhere because I feel like I'm not in control. And if something happens, I just feel like I could handle it better or differently. And it's just a lot that goes into it. So my friends usually only drive me like short distances, but never anywhere far out of town or anything like that. That's as far as I can handle. Like, are you one of those people like red light, red light? <laughs> like you're just letting them know from the backseat. Yeah. Car, 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 taillights. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do that too. And I have to, I have to like look away or look out the side window because I can't, I can't just watch them drive because then I'm just like, you're not in your lane. You're not in your lane. <laughs> We're going to crash. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've reached out almost and grab, like, grab the wheel because one guy was doing something and the car went this way. And I'm like, mm, let's get back in our lane. Let's go ahead. And no one else was on the highway, but it was just one of those things of, I'm, I feel like I'm paying more attention than you. And that scares me. Exactly. I've never had to go to those types of lengths, but I've definitely gotten to the point where I've just had someone stop the car. And I just, you know, called my mom or something like that because, you know, I just can't do it. And I'd rather just get out. Have you told, have you like coached your mom now that you're driving? Like, mom, there's a red light coming. Mom, do you, or do you just, do you let it slide with the parents as much? Honestly, my parents, them driving stresses me out. Like sometimes even more than my friends, because I feel like both of my parents drive really, really fast. Number one. And my mom gets like very distracted easily on top of the fact that she speeds. So it's very, I wouldn't want to say scary because I trust her. I would trust that she wouldn't crash, but it is something that I don't necessarily like. So I try not to ride with her anywhere. I usually just take my own car. It, it's hilarious because my mom was the opposite. Like she was in the car with me one time and she, and she got mad at me because She's in the passenger seat when I was like 19 or so. 
and she she was like you're following too close and she's got her hand on the clothes hanger and she's she's going shit shit like just freaking out and i look over and i see that and then i start laughing because it's such a it's it's funny to see your parent just freaking out and my mom sees me laughing she's like you're doing this on purpose i'm like no you just look like a crazy person <laughs> and it's really distracting and it's really funny to look at when to see someone doing that it's not like i mean to do this but it was just it was a it was a fun fight where she just got mad at me and yelled <laughs> at me and i'm like i'm not doing this on purpose like why why would i do that on purpose like yeah let me just put my mom in danger that makes no sense whatsoever but it's it, it's a difference in driving styles. It's in she's the same way as I am. We both like to drive, and so it's kind of a give and take when we do we do visit. Like when I visit my mom, we have to go somewhere. Sometimes she'll ride with me. Sometimes she'll drive. She we kind of realize that that compulsion or fear of letting someone else drive, and we kind of balance it with each other by letting each other have the freedom to choose if you want to drive or not. And so maybe that's something you can implement with your parents to say, hey, you know, that way you can kind of, you know, scare them as much as you they scare you. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe they have some fears of your driving. See, but the thing is with my parents is that we never drive with each other. Like, you know, I always drive myself. They always drive themselves. Like we never really cross paths when it comes to driving. I mean, unless we're going somewhere far like our lake house or something like that because then it makes no sense to bring like three different cars but other than that i never am in the same vehicle as them but at, at some point it, that that will that situation will change especially when you move out on your own and then you come back to visit and so say you, you come back to visit and oh you need to pick something up from the store after you get there then that's when that situation kind of pops up more than more than now when you live there and everybody's doing kind of their own thing mm -hmm. but but yeah you just you, it's it's one of those things where you learn to balance it so say you're on a date does he get to pick you up or do you just uh, uh, forever you're always gonna meet at the spot see that's a hard one i would say because then i don't know i just feel like my fear of having other people drive me it like it's being really awkward situations because then it's just like well why can't i pick you up do you think I'm a bad driver? Like, why can't I pick you up? And it's not personal. It's just, you know, I just don't like it. So I would say I'd probably let them pick me up the first time to kind of get that out of the way. And then the rest, I would come up with excuses as to why I need to drive myself. Pick them up and then they just be set, be, be to the point where they're just like, you can drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turn. Can you turn this car better than this? Can you, can you stop? a little bit shorter like can you not get so close to the car behind in front of us that i'm not freaking out because that again as as a i guess a young man you know you you kind of want to do the traditional you know let me pick you up and me drive you but i totally get too it's like well in in this day and age it's probably just more convenient if we just met at the restaurant and just you know had a great time and went our separate ways I, especially if you live on the other side of the city for me, it's like exactly. it makes no sense to to do it. It's such an interesting fear because it's everybody wants to drive, and even my friends, we we do that. We're like, no, we'll we'll drive different cars because it's it makes no sense to move back. Because I live in the Dallas area, so we have Dallas and Fort Worth, two cities, and then in between you have all these bunch of little cities, and so it's like some people live on the outer edge of the dallas cities like behind dallas i live in right in between dallas and fort worth it's like it doesn't make sense for me to go all the way past dallas to your spot to didn't drive back to fort worth like there's got to be a yeah. better way to do this yeah i would say i run into the same situations um i mean not necessarily that i live far away from everyone else but you know just taking separate cars going our separate ways i think it's the easiest way to do things because you know sometimes you're and also i just don't like relying on other people like because i feel like when you're being driven by someone else you're relying on them so like let's say they want to leave a lot later than you want to go home well now you have to wait for them or find someone else or they want to leave early and you want to stay and it's just so much easier for me to have my own car do my own thing 
following my own rules and that's it. Listen to your own music. That's another thing too. Exactly. Yeah. I got stuff going on that you, you're like, no, can, can we put on another station or can we, can we listen to another genre of music? Like some people, you know, like musicals, other people like country, other people like rock, like, can we just change the channel? Or not listen to the radio. Maybe just focus on driving. How about that? But even when some people drive with me, they t- they try to connect to my Bluetooth and take over my like Bluetooth and my radio. And, and that's just a pet peeve. But so that's a no. So no. So whatever music's <laughs> going on in your car, that's what's that stays. That's what's playing. <laughs> I like connect to Bluetooth. I'm like that. Because I just, that, my first, last car is just the first time I had Bluetooth. I'm like, oh, I don't have to do any kind of wires or anything. This is, and so you guys all have that technology at your leisure. I can't imagine, in our day, it was just the radio station. Now there's apps that, you know, there's millions of radio stations because you got Spotify, Pandora, and you can just choose your genre and they'll just mix it for you and then throw two hours of advertisements in with it unless you have premium okay humble brag there okay (laughs) i'm just saying but yeah it's just a lot that goes into it and i feel like another factor is that i just really love my car and i don't feel natural like in anyone else's car like there's just i don't know there's just like a certain amount of energy that my car like exudes and i just love being in it and i just don't feel the same way when i'm in anyone else's car I will say that that's probably kind of a de-stressor almost like because it's not at your in your room. It's not at home, but it's not school or work or wherever you're at. It's kind of a space just for you where you can kind of close the door, take a deep breath, start the engine and just, you know, wind down as you drive either to or from work. You know, you can kind of get your alone time if you will just kind of gather your thoughts be in your own head see that's another thing too is now you don't you don't get that decompression you don't get to okay let's go home that moment because now someone else is driving and now you have to worry about what they're doing because some people just like in there that's the only place they have their their alone time is the, the commute and so when they don't have a car they just are so downtrodden because like even in a rental, like if you ever have a rental car, it doesn't feel the same. Like you know how to drive it and you can do it, but it feels bulky. It doesn't turn as well. Yeah. It's never the same. Your car is always going to be your car. Even when I drive my parents' cars, I hate it. I don't like it because I'm just so used to my car. I feel like it fits me, my personality. And, you know, I just have a lot of custom stuff in it. That's like my stuff. It has a certain smell and it just feels like home. Like it's my own personal space and I go places in it. And it's just, it's a good time. I love driving. I love being in my car alone. I really don't like driving other people either because I don't know. I just like my space. Yeah. It's a roommate situation then. Like all of a sudden you gotta, (laughs) you gotta be cordial and like, Hey, so what do you want to listen to? Even though you you already want, you know what you want to listen to. You're just trying to make sure that they're okay with it. So if I just put on some Hamilton, you're cool with that, right? <laughs> it, it's like everything's becomes like a, I guess a, a discussion. Like, do you want to go to the drive through? Where do you want to eat? Mm-hmm. It's always a compromise. Yeah. And so I, I totally get get it because as a comic I drive all around the city and so when I'm not at my day job I'm on the road a lot and so I'm always like either one listen to podcasts or just trying to breathe and focus on what I'm going to do and it's it's just a great way to I guess gather yourself wherever you're heading if you're heading to you're like you're going to a gymnastic competition it allows you to focus and like okay what's my routine or you know what a you know, what is my goal? And it just allows you to not be talked to or have to answer questions <laughs> or you listen to somebody else talk. You just, you're, you're just completely in a, it's a Zen-like state. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's a very underrated state. And 
you know, it's just very calming, relaxing, your own space, your own time. I feel free. If I want to sing to the song, I can. If I want to sit in silence, I can. No judgment. <laughs> That's another fear right there. Just like singing in the car and having people look at you and just like... Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's definitely not happened. Like it, like, and you'll hear, and that's every time you drive somebody and you turn on the music, that's every song you want to sing to just, is just on every next song. Twitching a little bit, trying not to sing because you got someone in the car, mm-hmm. but you want to, or trying to see if they're going to sing so you could sing. Yeah, just following along with what everyone else is doing to feel less, you know, like the odd one out. The, they be less like the passenger. So you would never do Uber at all is what I'm hearing is there's no way that even if you're straight on the side of the road, you just sit behind the wheel and hope it starts. <laughs> yeah. Um. You mean like as a driver or as a passenger, passenger or both? Okay. As a passenger, I've been in Ubers multiple times. I just kind of stay on my phone and hope for the best. I mean, I usually trust Uber drivers because it's their job to get me to my destination safely so i'm just kind of hoping that that's what's going to happen i like how you have to have focus and just dis- focus on distractions like i don't want to i don't want to tell this guy what i'm seeing back here because <laughs> i need to get i need to keep my rating up too i, I can't be like any of my friends and tell them mm-hmm. how to drive as an uber driver i'm sure that would be an interesting side hustle as far as I don't know if that's something a lot of high school students get to do. I don't know what Uber's, I guess, driver qualifications are. But, I mean, that could be a possibility is like instead of having the the day job or the, you know, the, the job while you go to school is just to Uber people. I still don't think I would like that, though. Yeah, it does kind of you have to be kind of like a host or hostess, if you will. Yeah. Like, welcome to my car. Get in the back seat and there are snacks and whatever music you want. Yeah. And then there, then again, it's your pet peeve of they're trying to jump on your Bluetooth. <laughs> please, yeah. I will play whatever music you want. Please don't Bluetooth my, my car. Yeah, I just, I don't think I would like it at all. Having strangers in my car because it's, I don't know, I keep my car very clean and stuff like that. So that would stress me out as well. And I, I don't even think my car is like, can qualify for Uber because it doesn't have four doors. Okay. So you could be a, like Uber fun. Like there, maybe there's <laughs> like a fun Uber where it's like convertible or coupe. <laughs> the coupe. Yeah. Just, yeah. You want, you want the, the life, cool lifestyle. Like you want to show up in style. I got you. That is true. So th- that throws another thing in there. How, have you ever like went to clean your car and found like something that your friends are just like, french fries or something that is just dropped in your car um not usually like stuff on the floor but sometimes my friends will leave like their coffee in my car like if we went to get coffee and they'll just like not throw away their cups or bags of food and they just won't throw it away which is annoying but usually they leave it very neat so i can just pick it up and throw it away but it's never stuff everywhere like skittles on the floor or anything like that do you allow food in the car like even, or do you like, you know what, you can only eat this outside the car? It depends. Like if I'm eating too, then yes. But usually no, because we have a destination. So we'll usually just like come and eat in my house or in their house. And it depends on the person also. Like I don't let my siblings eat in my car because they're messy. So that's <laughs> always a no. Are you the oldest? I'm actually not. I have an older sister and she's 25. Okay. I was going to say, is she allowed to eat in your car or no? <laughs> I don't. She's only driven with me like once. And I don't think we had anything to eat. But yeah, I would let her. That's that's cool. Like Younger siblings, no. <laughs> you got, I can't trust you. I've seen you eat too many times. Exactly. I've seen my brother get rice all over the floor many times. I'm not, I don't trust him with anything. Not even suckers. See, that was a thing, too, like when I would drive, because I drove when we, me and my friends would go out to nightclubs and stuff like that. So I would be the designated driver for the most part. And that would be always go through your car and all of a sudden there's fast food, there's French fries. It's like, 
you just shudder because it's not you. It's not your mess, but you have to clean it up because it's your car. Exactly. And you would see it. You could see them like trying to eat on the drive home. I was like, can you just not wait five more minutes <laughs> till we're at the apartment? Are you starving that bad that that if you don't get any kind of sustenance before we stop moving? Especially when it's like super messy food. Like I've had people try to eat ribs in my car. I don't know how that was. Like we went to get barbecue and she decided to start opening the bag and like start trying to eat. And I was just like, hold on a second, because I don't know what you thought this was, but you were mistaken. Close the bag. That's that's extreme. It's like, how are you? How are you going to make if I hit a bump right now? (laughs) That's going to be possibly a tooth if you're biting Mm -hmm. that just doesn't seem safe (laughs) and the barbecue sauce everywhere like absolutely not i can't i have spilled barbecue sauce on in my car before like i i went to work and i was i made like these i did crock pot and it was like pulled pork sandwiches and so i did all that and i took the sandwiches i was like let me just take the barbecue sauce to work so i don't i can have it to and it fell over and it opened on the floor of my car. And I just spent the whole, I took the floor mat into work with me. And the whole day, like I was just washing and then dabbing it. Cause it's like, I'm not leaving this in the car. I can't, I don't know what it is about modern cars these days, but apparently everything, if you take fast food in a car past 2015 model, apparently the smell of fast food lasts three days in the car like I open it up and it's like why does it still smell like Chick-fil-A hey <laughs> I, I that was two days ago let it go like you have to drive with the windows down for like three days yeah one time I had I was getting food for my family and there was just a bunch of drinks and stuff so I had to use all of my cup holders in my car so I put some of the stuff in my back cup holders and somehow some way it fell over like the Sprite, and it just like spilled all over my seat, like drenched it, which I mean, it wasn't that bad because I have leather, so it was easy to clean up, but it was still annoying to get the stickiness off. And it was during the summer, so it was really hot and yeah, it was sticky for a while. I totally, see, that's another thing too, is drive-through. Like when you're driving somebody, then you have, you're like their mediator for their order. And (laughs) That's another frustrating thing. It's like, what do you want? And then they just tell you. And then as you're telling the person, they all of a sudden call it audible. And so now you have to sit here and say, hold on. And then you have to go back. We have to have this long discussion. What do you want from this? It's it's fast food. It's not a restaurant. What do you, what do you want to eat? I don't understand. I don't understand how, why that becomes such a complicated process. Yeah, it's so annoying, especially like with friends and they'll like act like they don't know what to eat and we'll be at Wendy's like they've been selling the same stuff since day one. Like, you know what they have. Why is this such a long process? Like, do you want a burger? Do you want chicken? Like, what do you want? Especially with my siblings, because they take forever to figure out what they want. Like, we'll just be sitting there and they'll take forever and then just end up ordering the same thing that they order every single time. And I was, I'm just like, what was the reason for that? Well, there was no reason for that. Like, why are you guys making things so difficult? Yeah. And I don't understand the person that has the burger order, but then they're like, no onions. You, they, they just start telling you after they order, like, the 10 things they can't have on their hamburger. Okay, can I get mustard, not ketchup? Because they mix it and they never say what they want and what they don't in in succession. It's like something they want, then something they don't. So can I get extra cheese, no onions, lettuce, no tomato? Like, can you just tell me what you want and then what you don't want on it? And let's go from there. Why is this, ha- why, why are you making this harder for me to say by making me have to go back and forth? Just put, mm-hmm. put them in each column and just tell me which one. Or when they make you add things like at the last minute, like after they say the total, they're like, actually, I want a root beer instead of a Sprite. And uh, it's just so annoying. That's why I hate like going to get food with people, especially if we're not going in. And then, you know, the money situation and we have like five different cards that we're using. And I didn't even think about that because I've 
most of the time I've always paid with cash up until like the pandemic is like really when I've only started paying with card. It's always been a cash transaction. So I couldn't imagine. Okay, your part is this or I would almost say Venmo me whatever you think you you spent on this. You can look at the receipt and Venmo me later. Let's just get this, get through, get out and go eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole process and lots of drive throughs don't even let you make separate orders and yeah, eating with friends, going through the drive through is a struggle. Can you just get out of the car and just order your food and then get back in the car and we'll tell him after we get up there that two orders are ours rather than just combining them into one. Yeah, but then a lot of places don't even let you go inside now because of COVID, like at least where I live. Mm -hmm. Some of the places here do, like I'm in Texas and apparently we're we're reopened as of next week. That's going to be interesting. It's it's hit or miss. And I don't I don't go into fast food places anyways, because it's just not my scene. I can I'm I used to get fast food close to home. I'm not away from somewhere i'm usually somewhere close that i can sit down and eat it so i'm i don't really go into the fast food place unless i'm just out of town or traveling that's another thing too when you're driving road trips Uh, why is the person you always have to ride with has to take 15 stops i'm a person when i get in the car i go like i almost to my detriment like i will if i have to use the restroom even like i'm like literally at the the breaking point like i'm sweating i'm i won't give in i'm like i'm so close like if i can just move a little further like next one like i'll see a, a rest stop like next rest stop i can make it to the next one and so i just do that to myself that's how much of a driver i am like literally because my parents live in south texas so it's like a four or five hour drive for me but i will try to make it all i won't try to stop at all or if i do it's just one time when I'm riding with other people, they're like, hey, let's stop for breakfast. Hey, let's stop here. Let's. I'm not a tour guide. We're trying to get somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if that's the kind of driver you will be. I don't know if you've had any long distance drives yet in your short driving career. I mean, the furthest I've ever driven by myself is only like two hours. And I was going to Michigan to my friend's lake house and I didn't stop. I mean, it was only two hours, so there's no reason for me to stop. But, you know, most recently when I went to Mackinac Island, Michigan with my family, there was like 20 stops and it was a five hour drive and they just like stopped every 30 minutes, like unnecessarily for no reason, mostly because my siblings just, they can't handle it and they had to stop to use the bathroom, then they want food and then they want an extra large pop, which meant that we were going to stop again in 20 minutes for them to go to the bathroom again and just oh, I want to stop and take a picture here. And it was just so annoying because we could have been there like two hours earlier, but they just kept stopping, kept needing something, kept being used to the bathroom and uh, never again. So so does this mean you won't help your siblings when they're learning how to drive? You won't ride with them and teach them? I mean, honestly, I don't think I'll be around to even teach them. They're not going to be driving for at least another seven years. So okay. I'll be long gone. At least, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Because <laughs> that's another stressful thing. That would be the ultimate stressor is teaching someone else how to drive and being the passenger and just... Because it's stressful. I don't know if your parents helped you drive in parking lots and stuff. And that that it was always a stressful situation. Like, it, it, it just them being stressed and freaking you out. You're, I'm trying not to wreck. You're screaming at me to break, break, break. It's not, not ideal. <laughs> I don't know how driving schools do it. I mean, I did a private driving school and they had this thing where we would drive for two hours and then another person would drive, like someone else I went to the driving school. So we would drive and then we had to watch this other person drive with our instructor in the car, obviously. And one time I was in this car with this girl. She was horrible at driving. Like we literally, we were making a right turn and she turned into someone's yard, like not even on the road. Like we were in someone's yard 
And that's not even the worst part. Then apparently after we were in someone's yard, like in their grass on a right turn, the driving instructor decided, hey, you know, maybe we should go on the highway now. Which I don't I don't know how they even correlated since we were not even on the road five seconds ago. But then we got on the highway and I literally called my mom. Like while we're on the highway, I'm like, you need to come get me. I can't do this right now. Like, I don't want to die. I'm stressed. She can't even drive on the side streets. Now we're on the highway. We're wobbling. Like she couldn't get on the highway. We were going like 20 miles an hour on the ramp. And the speed limit was like 70. And all these cars are going 70. And we're going 20 miles an hour. We ended up on the side of the highway because she wasn't going fast enough to merge. And it was just a horrible situation. See, that's probably where it started. Like I now now that we talk about it, it's like maybe that's where it started is driver's head is just sit it having to endure like because you're always paired with the person that's probably gonna fail. <laughs> that's that's not passing. Like I my driving school, the girl drove the car through the driving school. Like she ruined into the building because she was seeing she saw her dad and she started to wave at her dad and she let go of the brake and we went right into the building. Oh my goodness. I I can't. Which at the point was stressful, but so funny at the same time. It was just almost like one of those comedy movies where like something like that would happen, where they just drove, you know, like, oh, this really can happen. And like she was sobbing and. Oh, no. I would be too. Yeah. I couldn't imagine too, as a parent, like just seeing your kid like do it because part of it's protection. Part of it's like, what happened? Are you okay? Like, so many emotions are going on in that situation. Like, if you have kids, then you're going to have to teach them how to drive. And you're going to have to sit with your child. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. It's going to be dad's job to teach them how to drive, I can tell. <laughs> exactly. I mean, with my parents, it wasn't even bad for them because I knew pretty much how to drive before I even got my permit. Because I used to live on a golf course, so we had golf carts and things like that, so... I kind of grew up driving those. Not that it's the same as a car, but it at least gets you the basics. So I kind of already really knew how to navigate since I had experience with that like every single day. And then, you know, just driving school and everything. So then when I began driving with them, I was an A plus driver after all of that. Yeah, that that can help too, is just having something, you know, a go-kart or anything that you could at least get the basics of driving. But if you have none of that, it's very stressful because for me, when I took driver's ed, I was freaking out because I just didn't want to wreck a car. So I was super nervous. I would do the speed limit and everything, but if somebody like showed like the ability to merge, I would correct. I would be like, somebody didn't look like they were going to stop. So I swerved out. And they were like, you can't do that. You can't, you can't just, you know, you have to check. And so I've, you know, made a habit to check, but I've, I've just always been that hyper parent, paranoid kind of driver. Like if I see, cause I'm, I'm always observing because I'm just trying to make sure. Cause I'll, if I see someone in my rear view mirror coming up fast, like I, I tense up and I'm like, okay, let me make sure that I don't get in their way. Let me make sure I, you know, I, I kind of adjust to what's going on. Let me get out of their way. Like if I'm in the fast lane and they're going way faster than me, okay, let me get out of the way. Because these guys are going to either one, they look like they're either going to get around me any way possible. So they may, they may just cut it short. You know, they're going to try to jump out and cut in front of me in, in this other car. And so let me just, let's just make it easy. But yeah, I couldn't imagine like now even too with cell phones and everything else you can see how many people are just not looking at the road. That's slightly terrifying with younger kids. Like they're so used to it. it. They're probably even safer at than older people that have been driving for years that all of a sudden have a cell phone because those people are actually picking up the cell phone and, te- and trying to text. Whereas kids mm-hmm. are like boop voice text or it's, I just, I can't imagine like people, like, I have friends that ride motorcycles and I'm like, why, why would you ride a motorcycle in this day and age? I get that it's freedom, but I would never ride a motorcycle in the city. As like, I, you can't tell me what these people are doing. You're, as like, you could be cruising along happy, and a mother with in a minivan with three kids is just gonna come across into your lane, and you're you're done. You you can't win that collision. 
Exactly. I don't think I would ever ride on a motorcycle, like ever, because it, it's just you're not enclosed. I don't trust other people driving me, not being enclosed. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that that would be the ultimate for your fear because they motorcycles usually don't adhere to the rules of the road. They're always going a hundred something miles an hour in like a school zone or whatever. Just, <laughs> yeah, that that. I've ridden a motorcycle a couple times and it's like, hold on tight. Like You have no worries about how tight I'm going to hold on because my uncle had a motorcycle. He's like, just hold on tight. I was like, don't you worry about that. Like, this is like, we're, we're not letting go. And, but it still feels like when he, when he would get to 30 or 40, you could still feel that pull. And so it, mm-hmm. it definitely was kind of very freakish for me. Like, I was like, I don't like it. I don't like the feeling that I'm going to fall off the back of this thing at any moment. Yeah. And so, yeah, that totally, like, as we unpack this, I'm just thinking more and more like, oh, even more reasons why I shouldn't have passengers or be a passenger in a car. (laughs) There's lots of reasons. So, Brooklyn, I appreciate you doing this. Where can people find you on social media if they wanted to check out your podcast or Okay, so my name is Brooklyn Boykins, and my podcast is called Sit Back and Chat. So you can find that on all major platforms. So whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, my podcast website, it's everywhere. Also, um, to connect with me or connect with the podcast, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at sitbackandchat.podcast. Awesome. Well, again, I thank you for doing this. Hopefully, you can drive forever. (laughs) And don't have to worry about people driving you except like, in extreme situations where you like you need an Uber or something like that. But that's a really interesting. As soon as I thought about it, I was like, man, I have that. And I was like, I wonder where that comes from, from a young age. And I think we found it's driver's ed. Like, I just think, <laughs> I just think being traumatized that early in your driving because like you're nervous about driving and then you have to be nervous about somebody else while the instructor's nervous too. Very tense. And you get that car that ha- they have a brake pedal on their side. So yeah, it, it's definitely driver's <laughs> ed. Like I don't want to ever have to be in a car with an instructor or another person that gets to drive. Exactly. Never again. And I'm glad that it's over. All right. Well, good luck today at your gymnastics meet. And, Thank you so much. So that was Brooklyn. It's a really interesting fear. And something I can totally relate to. For me, it's kind of just a control thing where I just don't like other people to have control of a vehicle. So I'm about to go to a Rangers game later on today and I'm driving for other people just because I don't like being a passenger for the most part. I can be, but I don't like it. It's a really interesting podcast. If you have a teenage child at home, maybe introduce them to the sit back and chat. It's a really interesting idea of talking about teenage issues in a kind of open format as as thought of by a, a teenager for teenagers. Vice, she offers advice. She offers insights into her life and what's going on with her. It's a really cool idea. I'd never thought of teenagers maybe listening to podcasts even. Like I've, that's how old I am. Like I would, I think they just listen to music and that's about it and text each other. But this is a really cool idea. I was really impressed with with the idea and what direction she's going with her podcast. You can check out Brooklyn on social media. I'll have her links posted in the show notes. As for me, um, I have a lot more comedy coming up. I have three shows in May. I have two at Hyenas on the 20th and the 27th. And then I have one at the Addison Improv on the 22nd. I'm also recording a live podcast in Fort Worth at, the, at an art festival in Panther Island. It should be an interesting idea. We're going to have, I guess, live guests and we'll just talk about fears and rapid format and so maybe we'll have two or three episodes from that live podcast i'm hoping thanks for all that are listening uh i appreciate it 
If you do like what you hear, leave a review, follow us. I think iTunes has changed their format recently from subscribe being considered a paid podcast, which I don't think I'm ready to be paid yet, and follow, which is just what used to be subscribe that you you listen to this podcast on a regular basis. Leave a review. That um, helps us get more visibility in the podcasting realm. I'm excited. It is the second day in May. And kind of just hanging out. Um, did some shows last night at Backdoor. Um, had a great time. That's all for now. I don't have anything else on the thing. I'll have shows all throughout the summer and July in August. So, and I have some coming up in June as well. So thanks for listening to the Some Fall Fears podcast. Have a great week. And now some thank yous for the folks that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater for my art and graphics. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhiteh2o. Get it? H2O like water. You can also follow him on Facebook Music. A huge thank you to Gunnar Olson for the wonderful music provided for this podcast. You can follow him on Instagram at gunbuns, that's G-U-N-B-U-N-S, as well as his website, gunnarolson.net. Check out some of the samples that he has recorded. They're amazing. He's an amazing percussionist. If you want to follow the show, we've got a Facebook group, Some of All Fears. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Some Fear Fans. If you have some feedback for the show, email me at somefearfans, S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S at gmail.com. I'll be happy to, to take those into consideration. Also, if you'd like to be a guest, email me at somefearfans at gmail.com. We can try to iron out some details and get that settled in. You know, give us some feedback if on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review. It makes the show bigger, and it's not going anywhere. I'm going to record as many shows as I possibly can. If you want to follow me on social media, I am at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O on all social media platforms. You can follow me there, and you can check me out at RyanPerio.com, my website. I'll try to list upcoming shows there as well. It's been kind of spotty because as soon as I set it up, that's when the pandemic happened. And everything's kind of just in a, in a holding pattern. Thanks again for listening to the Sum of All Fears podcast. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.